1: on my own. I ain't have support. Now I can travel like extended passports. No role model, no father figure. Stay strong through the storms. Now my soul bigger. If you ever had an opportunity to chase your dreams, I'ma tell you right now, give it everything. Positivity over pessimistic people. My life ain't all cherries, but I'm thankful for the sequel. Pops was in the streets doing drugs, I love moms, but my body need a hug, real one since day one, like A1, and I been at the sauce, like A1, smiling more, communication getting better, that's a problem for the game, I'm only getting better, finding my voice, while looking for a beat, like an index in the middle finger, I'm looking for peace, what's up, like an index in the middle finger, I'm looking for peace, nigga. Somehow
2: I'm still here
1: I don't know how Somehow I'm here now I don't really know Quite why Money not equal to happiness That's the realest shit My conversations stink Cause I talk shit careful with my words Power in my speech Power in my people but we dying in the streets Woke up at a young age mind cage started living when i let go with a rage stepdad was abusive mentally disturbed me nowadays when i think about it it's disturbing took away my peace when i still had innocence never been the victim but to this day i am innocent unfortunate circumstances became my circumstances overcame it all despite the circumstances sitting in my room Pussy can't phase me. Work ethic change. I stopped being lazy. Finding my voice while looking for a beatin'. Like an index in the middle finger, I'm looking for peace. What's up? Woo! Like an index in the middle finger, I'm looking for peace. nigga
2: It's D from Oakland, what you smoking? I don't know how. But I'm here now.
1: Here now. I don't really know
2: quite why. I don't really know. Summer, if we catch the sunrise. Catch the sunrise. It's
3: so It's passing us.
2: Passing us For real. God's son. Somehow I'm here now. I don't really know quite.
0: You, 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 you! welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area. And what you just heard was a song by upcoming artists, an artist that I think people, that is on the rise and I think people should know about, you know what I'm saying? And let's tap in and hear his story. the uh, The song was called Say Less, and let's everybody welcome D from Oakland. How you doing? yee what's up everybody <laughs> it's Steve from
2: oakland with you smoking um, i'm honored to be here today um, shout out to everyday celebrity for having this platform and giving me the opportunity to be here i'm very excited for this opportunity bro how was your uh, how was your day today um today was today was a cool day bro um i went to the uh the black joy parade so um of course that was like peace love it was cool to i see. forgot that shit
0: was that tune yeah
2: yeah bro um i went around four o'clock so i went kind of late but mm-hmm. it was still cool just to see you know what i'm saying all our people coming together and just being on some like on some positive on some high vibration type of energy mm-hmm. so just just being around that bro it honestly made my day a great day so
0: your name is d from oakland so i'm assuming you're originally from oakland Definitely from the town, bro. Got it tattooed on my back. I'm so Oakland. What? Uh, are you an '80s baby? '90s. '90s, yes, sir. So, Oakland, when you was growing up, how is it different from Oakland now? Mm, that's a great question. I remember
2: when I was growing <laughs> up. Um, I think it was it was kind of the ending of what it is today. For example, I remember walking to school, you feel me, in East Oakland, mm. and we still had the people standing on the corners. You know what I mean? We still had the liquor stores and stuff like that. Now when I walk through to my same neighborhood, bruh, those same shores, those same stores, they're shut down now those same people who were standing on a corner, of course they're no longer on the corner because all of them is like dead or in jail or mm-hmm. they moved out the way because everything got too expensive. So it's it's definitely
0: a different Oakland. So do. you're saying gentrification?
2: Gentrification at its finest, my G.
0: Do you think that's a bad thing? I think
2: there's pros and there's cons of it, I'm not gonna lie. the The bad part of it is of course, um our people is getting left out we the ones who created this and mm. i feel like we don't reap none of the benefits of the good side and mm. the good side is all the money that we got
0: coming into the city now mm. so when you were growing up in Oakland in the 90s how was your how was life like for you how was your childhood mm. Did you grow up with both parents in the house nah a single
2: single mother household pops was pops was into that street life mm. early and i only noticed because i probably had three conversations with him my entire life and one time i talked to him on the phone in jail when i was in community college i asked him i was like what was your life like when you was young and he told me he got into the street life at 11 years old mm. so um, he was always in jail. Like selling drugs and shit? Selling drugs, robbing. Pops was always in that. So mom's kind of held down the household by herself, Um, which, of course, is tough. She had six kids. That was tough. Mm-hmm. And um, six kids, she was a single mother? Single mother of six, bro. Yeah. And her last two kids was by <laughs> a man, I don't call my stepdad, but a man by the name of Mark. Mm-hmm and say less is a little bit referenced to him yeah um i think he was like mentally abused like mentally traumatized Mm -hmm. i know both he lost both of his parents young and i know he spent a lot of time in jail so he used to just do certain things to me and my brothers and sisters when we was young that was just like very verbally abusive
0: yeah because i remember I, when i heard that song you said he was uh, just you met you had a line saying talking about your stepdad was abusive so i wanted to touch base on that yeah like bro. what type of it, it was just like vo- verbally and mentally it definitely
2: verbally and mentally um it wasn't so much like physically uh, but it was more so like you know calling calling you names every single time you see him mm-hmm. walking through the hallway like you know what i'm saying being bumped and and shit like that for no reason so it was kind. Of, he was kind of like a bully.
0: Did your uh, Did your mom know about this?
2: It seemed like it just went under her nose, or she swept it under a rug. It's like she was aware of it, but she never ever acknowledged it. Mm. Absolutely, just added to the damage.
0: When When I was young, my dad was. Uh, I used to think my dad was physically abusive because a nigga used to give me whoopings, right? But then as I got older, I looked back, I was like, yo, the nigga never hit me unless I did like bad shit. So, you know, when you get older, you start to realize that the shit that your parents did wasn't what you thought as a child. Right. So I ask, I say that to ask you, now that you look back, do you think um, he was, you do still think he was verbally in like a crazy abusive, like you say? A hundred percent. hundred percent, Okay. Okay. Since I'm older, I
2: actually accept the abuse 100% more now. Yeah. Now I know I'm actually a survivor because of what I experienced. Uh-huh. But, um It definitely wasn't no disciplinary action. Yeah. Because like I say, a lot of it was, it just seemed like for no reason. You know what I mean? Is your mom still with him? Nah. She she finally, eventually got over him sometime when I was like
0: in community college. mm Okay. It was shocking to believe too, bro. Okay. Are you close with, uh, your half brothers and sisters? Uh, not, I'm closer to them today.
2: Mm-hmm. I can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, most, most of our lives growing up, nah, we was, we was all like separated. We didn't really have relationships, but now that we all like adults, um, each one has done small work to like rebuild those relationships so i say we a lot closer today mm. than we've ever been for sure
0: do you think it was, be- it was because of the rift you had with him that's
2: that's yeah. absolutely when i was younger <laughs> i didn't understand it and i used to put it all on my brothers and sisters uh-huh. when i was older and i realized all the dynamics he was a huge outlier in the dysfunction between me and my siblings
0: where sure. are you at in uh, the age Um, I'm the second oldest of six. Of six. What's the scenario? Like boys, girls? Uh, my mom, only two girls, the rest boys. Okay. Yeah. What, uh, high school did you go to? McClymans. I went to, Mm -hmm. I went
2: to Ralph Bunch my ninth grade year Mm. because I was too old. I got held back in the sixth grade and the seventh grade. Not because I wasn't Damn, smart. Not because I wasn't <laughs> smart, but the I fuck to, was you doing? I missing classes? Skip, I used to skip class every day. He's one of them. Nigga, and man. go to PE just to play basketball every single period. Uh-huh. Um, Which turned out to be a blessing in disguise, because that's why I'm a bucket today. But uh-huh. um I got held back twice, so I never did the eighth grade. They skipped me up my second year after the seventh, and I went to Ralph Bunch. Skipped I, you up to but, high school? They skipped me up to Ralph Bunch, which was a continuation school. Okay. I did one year at Ralph Bunch, then I transferred to McClimans and did two years at McClimans before mm. I dropped out. So you didn't finish
0: high school? Nah. To this day still? To this day, I dropped out. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That don't make sense, nigga. How were how you able to that's, go to college then? That's part of the testimony, bro. That, that's exactly
2: why I'm a success story. Uh-huh. Because of the, the dropping out and what I experienced when I dropped out of high school. I eventually went back and got my GED.
0: Okay, um, so you finished then? That's what. I, that's what I said. Not the
2: high school, but yeah, I got my yeah, GED well, as yeah. an adult.
0: Yeah, from EoyDC. Mm-hmm. Same thing to me, shit. Okay, yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, EoyDC was giving out GEDs. Yep, that okay. adult school program. I remember I used to go to EoyDC in the summer a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Miss Anana, boy, I mm-hmm. would not be here without her. Okay. show. What was the reason you dropped out of high school? Yeah, just running the streets running
2: the streets. Um, I had no guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel me? Mom wasn't really following what I was doing. So I was able to just like miss class and just like fuck yeah. up. And mom didn't really know. There was no um, male authority there to like check what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And once I got cut from the hoop team, oh yeah, that's that's when I dropped out. Mm-hmm. So when I was at Ralph Bunch my freshman year, I played for McClyman's. Ralph mm. Bunch didn't have a high uh basketball team, so they let me play for my climates. My sophomore year, I got cut, mm. and when I got cut, that's when I <laughs> dropped out. Mm-hmm. I came back the following year as a returning sophomore again. I made the team. I was serving in practice, but I wasn't getting in the games, so okay. I ended up quitting the team. And then I dropped out again once
0: I. Okay. So basically, typical I, hoop,
2: I dropped out every single time.
0: Typical story of Oakland Hoopers. Well, you know the reputation y'all got. Y'all niggas, y'all got talent, but your attitudes be fucking y'all shit up. That's factual. That's yeah. factual. Yeah. That's why a lot of uh, recruits don't even come out here. Even though we got crazy talent. That is true. That's fair. So, you, um, so after you finish, how long did it take you to get a GED? Was it like right after? How old were you, basically? When I got the GED? Yeah. This was
2: and. 12? 2012 2012 about what almost 11 years ago 32 so about 21 okay about 21 i got my ged
0: why did it Did someone have to talk you into doing to pursuing it or you were just like fuck it i need to do this uh that's a great question bro um I, that's it, a long that's a long time period from high school to then i guess i initially wanted to do the program
2: Mm-hmm. Cause I knew it was important, but I had like no desire to do it. So I was in the program. Um, but then there was times where like I would stop coming. I would miss a lot of days. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say shout out to Miss Anana. 'Cause Cause the GED teacher, um, bro, she was Omi. I'm talking about, I remember I missed like a month of class mm-hmm. and she literally called my phone every single day for a month. And I wouldn't even answer.
0: That's a good teacher,
2: bruh calling 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 no answer no answer no answer after one month i finally like picked up the phone mm. and she was like what are you doing you are so close to finishing you better bring your butt back here and get this ged and it was because of her that i actually finished through
0: the program so if you, yeah so if, yeah. if it wasn't for her you would never have done it you think no i definitely <laughs> no no i'd be in the street somewhere bro what were you in the streets doing selling drugs that's the part.
2: I had to say that for another episode right there. All
0: right, all right. So um so you get your GED. Okay. When did you go to college? Cause uh you went to college out of out of state, right? Like Mississippi or some shit? Yeah. I did two years at COA though, at uh-huh. College of Alameda. Uh-huh. And then I did two years at NVSU. MBSU, what is that? A junior college? No, that's university. That's university? Mississippi Valley State. Mississippi Valley State. Yep. Okay. So how did that come about? So um, I did. I went to
2: College Alameda. Mm-hmm. I did my two years there. Um, and I went on this HBCU college tour, bro. And that's what changed everything. There was a guy named Charles Washington. He was just like what Miss Anano was for me. So Charles Washington was his African-American brother who was like truly tied to his heritage and what it meant to be black. Mm. Um, mind you, all that was still new to me, what it meant to be black, learning about African-American. Yeah. I didn't know about none of that until I went to College of Alameda. Yeah. So when I signed up for the college tour, they had my flight. They had everything already booked. I had got hired for a job to work at a shelter right before we went on the tour Mm. and i needed to make some money so of course i needed the job of course you know when you get a new job you can't take days off Mm -hmm. so i had to make a decision between choose that job or go on the college tour since i didn't
0: have wait 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 wait. wait. was your mind made up that you were going to go to college
2: no i was done after college at alameda I was going to do my two years at COA and then just pursue whatever my dreams was.
0: So you were going on a college tour for what reason? Just
2: to travel? I I didn't know. And that's the part I'm (laughs) going to get to. So, um, I went to Charles. I said, Charles, I got this dilemma. I don't know what to do. Mm. I need the money. I don't know if I should go to work. Cause if I go to work, I'm going to have to miss the tour. I don't know what to do. And when I told him that he had this look on his face he just looked at so defeated, but then he like fixed himself and he was like, he was like, okay, you grown, you an adult. I can't tell you what to do. He said, but I see something in you, brother. And I feel like this tour can really change your life. And when he said that, something in my soul was just burning like, bro, this man knows something that I don't know. <laughs> so I think F that job and I need to go on this college tour. Mm. So I end up going on the HBCU college tour and bro, on that tour was the first time that I saw like, like black people like being excited about educating like wanting to learn like that was the first time I was around so many people like me who didn't have like a hood mentality Mm. I also got accepted to Norfolk University while on the college tour Wow! in the collection of all that my mind was made up I was going to an HBCU
0: Mm. so on this college tour what all colleges did you visit we
2: saw Howard University um, North Carolina ANT. We saw Norfolk. We saw Morgan State, Hampton University. Man, that's where you should have went, eh? Uh, Hampton. Mm hmm. Why do you say that?
0: Bitches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: really, they was everywhere. Yeah. Every I mean, campus they are we everywhere. went to, they had them.
1: With
0: Hampton, Hampton is another level, I think. Uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, they were everywhere
2: though, bro. You couldn't go wrong. <laughs> um, there's like one or two more. I can't remember, but we saw like six or seven HBCUs, bro.
0: So why did you choose
2: Mississippi? Um, side note, we, I also saw the civil rights museum mm-hmm. when we was at North Carolina A&T. And I also saw the African American history museum when we was in Washington DC looking at Howard mm-hmm. and those two museums. I recommend every black person in the world need to see. Because that experience changed my life about what it meant to be black. Yeah. But going on to what you said about how I chose MVSU, I was really God, bro. Mm. Um, a lot of people as humans, they try to choose what they want to do and where they want to go. I was getting stronger in my spirituality at the time when I finished community college. So I literally sat down and I prayed and I was like, God, I don't want to pick a school. I want to go where you want me to go. I literally said this. Bro, I didn't even know NBSU existed. So I was about to go to Florida. I wanted to go to Clark Atlanta to stay with some of my homies. Mm -hmm. Clark Atlanta tuition, they wanted Mm
3: -hmm.
2: $33,000. of my goals was to finish college and not be in debt like that. So I didn't go to Clark. I was about to go to Florida Memorial. That's what I picked. swear to God, bro, NBSU called me out of nowhere. Told me about the affordable tuition, they was like, most people think it's boring because there's nothing around here. And for me, I needed that boring. I needed to yeah. get away because that was a good place for me to focus. So the affordable tuition and them saying that it was boring, that's what uh, made me choose NBSU. Okay. So it wasn't my choice.
0: What year did you go?
2: I left in summer of 2018.
0: So when you get there, obviously California is you know progressive is liberal and especially the bay area so going from the bay area to the deep south in mississippi right. how was that for you was that like a culture shock it definitely
2: was mm-hmm. specifically with the hospitality that they talk about that was different mm-hmm. when i first got down there bro, it was it was strangers welcoming me into their home trying to give me food like making sure i was okay and that, that was the biggest culture shock. Cause you know, here where we come from, you walking down the street. Yeah. Motherfuckers gonna mug you. You know what I mean? <laughs> motherfuckers ain't trying to help you out. Motherfuckers really, exactly. you looking like niggas, you trying to take something from me? Exactly. So when I was out there, that was the biggest culture shock of just like the hospitality and how friendly people was, bruh. That took some getting used to for me.
0: What about the races?
2: Do you experience any racism? No. Because we was in a predominantly black area, mm. but um, I met this mentor out there who like took me under his wing, and he told me there was certain places down there in Mississippi that certain that black people just know you're not supposed to be in that area mm. because I guess like lynchings and shit like that mm. still pretty much happens. But um I did get to see like the um, the cotton in person. I got the cotton fields. I got to see the cotton fields. I actually picked some myself. I got to see some actual slave plantations, bro, where slaves actually lived. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I got to see a lot down there. What did you study? Um, Speech communication. Speech communication? Yeah. I'm an introvert, naturally. A lot of people be (laughs) like, what? I can't tell. Yes, I'm naturally an introvert, bro. Uh I used to be hella quiet. So, I um I wanted to study an area that I was lacking in. And that was just like speaking. Mm -hmm. So that's why I chose to study speech
0: communication. Are you doing anything with that uh, degree now? Yeah. Music. Um, Music, but I'm currently
2: teaching. I'm teaching English right now. That's dope. Yeah. Okay. A lot of people don't
0: know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an exclusive. Um, For sure. All right. So when you finished college, why didn't you, you didn't have a desire to stay in Mississippi? I did
2: Mm. I didn't plan to come back to the bay bro I wanted to stay in Mississippi because I was finding myself so much Mm -hmm. um COVID happened when COVID happened they shut down the schools and they sent everybody back home and that's what forced me to come back to here Mm. that's why I say everything that happened since I've been back from since COVID is truly a blessing Mm. because I didn't want to be here Going back yeah. to God Having a, his own
0: story for us Why didn't you go back to Mississippi? Uh, after like COVID? Yeah
2: uh, The brand and the journey got cracking then mm-hmm. when, when COVID first hit That's when I first like Put out my first song That's when I first put out My first little EP And it just started to slowly Just like build My mm-hmm. resources And my networks mm-hmm. So That's why I didn't want to go back to Mississippi Cause I started building a foundation
0: here. So you, you didn't, did you grow up, uh, making music? Or was this, is this like a new shit? No. I always had the, the, the,
2: the gift. Uh I remember writing songs when I was eight, nine and 10 years old. Mm. But I had never had the environment or like the peace of mind to sit down and structure, structurally create music. Mm. So, um, it kind of goes back to like survival mode. Um, If somebody's in the state of survival mode, you can't naturally act how you want to act because all you have to worry about is survival. Mm. So being in survival mode, I, I couldn't make the music. The music didn't start to come until like I had a consistent um place to stay, which was like college, having a dorm room, yeah. having consistent meals. That's mm-hmm. when the music started to really come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and if someone was to ask you what type of like artist are you and I know that's a, like a cliche question but what type of artist are you are you like do you inspirational rap like some gangster shit yes, the, the first one was a pretty good title inspiration <laughs> rap that, that was a good one but
2: um, I always tell people bro I'm an artist like mm. I always say don't call me a rapper I'm not a rapper I'm an artist Mm-hmm. yes my form is coming through rap but um it's kind of teaching it's kind of educating it's inspiring it's motivating other people so um yeah that the gangster shit nah that yeah. ain't
0: no no that's dead bro so when when did you start becoming um as you say you started getting spiritual and shit right when did when did all that start happening Probably around the same time
2: that I went back to school, when I went to College of Alameda, mm. um, that's when I started getting deep into like meditation. Um, when I found like like I say, I didn't I didn't know about slavery and the history of what our people went through mm. until 2016. I'm gonna be honest with you, nigga. That's a damn. That's a shame, bro. I was literally <laughs> in Afram class. My teacher put on a video about slavery. I was in the back of the class
0: Nigga, you knew about slavery, but you probably didn't know the specifics on like- Gee, I'm trying to tell you. I didn't know about none of the history, remember? But you knew we were slaves, right? No. Wait a minute. No, that's what I'm saying. There's no way that you can sit here and say, you you just learned that black people used to be slaves. That's why I'm
2: trying to explain the tears to you that I had in class when I seen the video. I'm like, why the fuck nobody has told me this and I'm 24 years old? I feel like my whole life was a lie,
0: <laughs> nigga. No one needs it. You just walk around. You can l- watch TV. You never seen a movie before. I, I didn't watch TV.
2: I was one of those. God damn. Yeah, that's crazy. TV was like false educating when I was younger. I was like, nah, I
0: stay away from that. So you're more, you're more on the spiritual side, not the religious side. A hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, that's, Absolutely. that's good.
2: Because you think about it religion is kind of what got christ killed
0: and what they teach you well first of all you're, you're bound all these people are are praying to this white god image which is a total false falsehood mm-hmm. but you know i don't want to get deepened down in religion because i don't believe in the shit either. anyway but um all right so you started making music when you came back uh you started making your first ep yep and what's your first EP called Tranquillity Tranquillity yep it's on all the platforms. How many songs on it? It's nine songs now explain to me, obviously this is your first time making an EP. Give me some stories about how you felt which was hard which, which what was that you thought that was going to be easy? Cause you know when you make some, no, oh, I'm gonna just make it. I didn't know it was gonna be this hard. I didn't know I had to do this and this. I didn't know I had to to go on this website to get my shit distributed. Like, give me some examples of what you found that was that you didn't expect.
2: Ooh. Honestly, I would say that I didn't expect it would it, it would be this easy. I didn't expect it would be that easy for me to to put out an EP. Mm um the whole story but behind how that ep came together um throughout throughout my throughout the years i've always like typed songs to beats in my phone Mm. to this day i got stuff written from like 2017 2016 28 just just a bunch of stuff written but i never did nothing with it because again i didn't know how Mm. what happened was during COVID. Stimulus check, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you all said we had a little extra free cheese, yeah. so um, I went to get a new iPhone because it was I had to, like a, a outdated iPhone. Mm. I remember students at NVSU making fun of me because my phone was so outdated, but um, it was time for me to upgrade my iPhone, and when I did that, I had this strong burning in my chest to purchase this laptop. It was a MacBook. Um, you must have got a fat stimulus check, nigga. I ain't gonna talk about the details of that. <laughs> but I left out the Apple store and I didn't get the laptop. I mm. got my iPhone, but I didn't get the, the laptop. I went to get a slice of pizza um, down the street from the Apple store. The whole time I was eating the pizza, I still had that strong thing in my chest. And I heard it going back to God. It was like, bro, if you don't go get that laptop, this is the last opportunity you ever gonna have to do something like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what the vision was with the laptop, mm-hmm. but I but I heard it. So I went back to the store and I bought the laptop. Mm-hmm. The laptop was just sitting for some days after I bought it. Maybe about two weeks later, this is where the magic happened. Um, I sat in my homegirl's car who I was staying with at the time. I had my laptop in there and I just started finding beats to match all the stuff that I had written in my phone. And they have GarageBand on the MacBook, which is a way for you to like record yourself. Mm -hmm. So what I did, bro, I sat in a car, and I recorded from like 11 in the morning to like eight at night.
0: Just just freestyling?
2: No, hella different shit that I had written. Mm. And I just found different beats to match them. So I probably made 25 to 30 songs that one day And I do this thing after I make the music, I never listen to it. So everything that I recorded, I didn't listen to it until three weeks later. Mm. Three weeks later, open up the laptop. I listened to them, And I was literally in the car like this. I said, holy shit. I said, bro, you're an artist. (laughs) You got 30 songs right here. And so I just chose um, the best nine from that 30. And that's what I turned into Tranquility
0: okay you just put them out from a uh, garage van you didn't go to a studio like remaster them or anything like that yep i went to a studio <laughs> and 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 laid them down in the studio
2: and mm. then that's how i released it mm. um we might get a little sidetrack here but the guy i record with now is the same guy that i did tranquility with mm. and the way i found him was another blessing mm-hmm. i was doing a, a, um, a studio session in hayward Bro, the studio session ended up getting shot up, which had nothing to do with me. Mm. I guess it was wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. But it was like completely totaled and trying to cope with what I experienced at like some days after that, I needed somebody to talk to. So I like reached out to my pastor. When I reached out to my pastor, I told him everything that happened. Mm. He was like, I got a studio in Richmond. You can come finish the song you was doing. I'll shoot the video. Whoop, whoop, whoop. But because of that studio session, that's what connected me with a guy named K. Lou. Um, everybody know K. Lou. He's a, he's a famous producer, but that's who I currently record with now. Mm-hmm. And it would not have happened if my studio didn't session did not get shot up that night. Yeah.
0: <sighs> what, uh, <clears throat> So what do you do when you get like writer's block? I don't even know if I can say this. (laughs) (laughs) Nigga, you can say anything. What do you smoke? What? Basically. Okay. Basic.
2: I usually don't. I don't don't normally get writer's block because making music is is priceless to me. It's Uh, fun to me. So writer's block normally don't come. As long as I got beats, as long as I got some tree, I usually be productive.
0: Do you think the state of Bay Area rap is on the rise or or is it uh, irrelevant?
2: That's a great question. Um, I would say we somewhere in the middle, bro. We don't have too many popping people from the Bay
0: like that. I mean. Why do you think that is? Because there's a shit ton of artists out here. Right. Why, do you, why do you think Bay Area rappers don't make it nationally that's a hell of a question you give bro. me an honest answer nigga. don't try to cater nah. to bear oh, niggas. of course not of course not you
2: know we gives no fucks I'm just I'm trying to give you a proper answer and I can't think of anything
0: well this is the this is the reason I think let me see if you agree I was going to say we do got people like LaRussell LaRussell's like yeah, yeah. doing this
2: thing right now mm-hmm. but we don't have too many for sure. Mm-hmm. like
0: Artists doing their thing from the Bay. So I think the reason Bay Area rappers, or well, just artists in general, don't make it nationally on the national scene is because they try to cater solely to Bay Area sound. You understand Ooh. what I'm saying? Like, they try to please just the Bay Area people. Okay. Like, Mr. Fab. Like, Fab is popular right but he's more known now for his like business he's more, more known nationally for business and his uh his other uh adventures he's not really known for his his music and if you listen to his music it's just that bay area sound e40 e40 is one that's i, I wouldn't even put e40 in this category because everyone knows e40 but e40 sounds he has a awkward sound that's probably why make would make him popular so but he international for sure yeah but like you said little russell when you hear little russell rap you don't really think of oakland when you hear uh i'll give you that when you hear what's that one nigga that's popping right now um he's from Vallejo too i think uh Simba you know Simbas oh yeah yeah he's Mm-mm. dope but when you hear him rap he sounds like he's from the east coast or something cuz it's all about wordplay and shit like that and lyrics but then when you hear, uh, I don't know, when you just hear all these other uh, Bay Area rappers, it just sounds like they just want to cater to just like the Bay Area. Mm. So okay. I think that's what that's what keeps them from mm. like getting played on radio stations in like Colorado or fucking New York or Texas or Atlanta and shit because they just sound, that Bay Area sound. So in a sense, they're putting themselves in that box. Yeah, they're and, they, and they're not trying to break out the box that's my that's that's the that's how i think
2: i can see that i can Mm. see why you would say that Mm.
0: you disagree um um, i think that would be
2: valid bro um going back to the whole box though um i think a lot of artists fall victim to that not Mm. even just necessarily bay area artists but artists do fall victim of just trying to fit into the box. I'm sure you heard the cliche saying when they say all that, all the rappers like sound the same nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's true. Like that Migos sound. Right. Everybody is, is trying to fit that, that, that box because that box is the only thing that get the plays and the streams and the deals. Mm-hmm. So that's why they try to fit that box and they're afraid to step out of that box because when you step out of that box, it's hella harder to succeed mm-hmm. as you can see people like kendrick people like j cole when you step out of that box it's very hard for you to succeed mm-hmm. and i but i will also say that's where the great ones like lay their bed at yeah you feel me like yeah. russell like how you say he don't really sound like the bay but what i love about him is he mixes in some of the bay shit with the boundaries that he
0: expand outside of that box for sure mm-hmm. Can you give me a, a name of an artist from the Bay Area that you get inspiration from? From the Bay?
2: Oh, that's easy, bro. He in my top five right now. I feel like he really don't get the acknowledgement that he deserves, maybe because he's in the NBA, but Dame Lillard. And why? Dame Lillard's in my top five. Top five what? Basketball players or? Artists. Dame Lillard? Not Allard. all time? Not all time. He's in my top five current that I listen to. Oh, okay. But yeah, he's not
0: top 5 rappers of all time to you. No. I was about his, to say. Uh, his his resume is no. <laughs> no. All right, so why do you, why does he inspire you? Um
2: for many reasons of course cuz you know what I'm saying we come from we literally come from the same hood. We mm-hmm. grew up in the same area. But he goes outside of that box that we was just talking about. Yeah. He does have songs where he does have that Bay feel to it. Mm-hmm. But but I'm a lyricist. I like bars i like mm-hmm. like you know what i'm saying people who could spit yeah and that's one thing about dame dame drops bars like one of my favorite songs to this day is ghost spirit like almost every line is like some of the top rappers in the game ain't even rapping how he was rapping on, on ghost spirit
0: have you ever met him plenty of times plenty of times yeah my jersey signed by him. <laughs> <laughs> so he's cool in person one of the most genuine
2: people I've ever met, bro. Mm. I went to see him play when I was at MVSU uh-huh. in 2019. That's when he uh, signed the jersey for me. Um, we not the closest of close. We don't talk every day. Yeah. But when he seen me at the game, he showed me the kind of love as if we talk every single day. Mm. Invited me downstairs, um, introduced me to the rest of the Blazers had me take pictures with the Blazers like one of the most genuine
0: people I've ever met, bro. Do you think he's wasting his his good years in Portland? No. No. No.
2: And if we want to open these candle worms. <laughs> I'm going to put it to you like this. He's up he's he, he's at his prime right now. You don't think he's wasting his prime? At- I would take Dirk's one championship journey. Mhm. Versus the way KD and LeBron got theirs any day of the week. Okay, that's fine. I I would take only one championship in my career, give it to me the Dirk way. Versus me joining other top players. Well, yeah, I I would do the same. So I support Dane by doing what he's doing, by staying loyal in
0: Portland. Because
2: if he ever get a ring in Portland, bro, come on.
0: But do you think he will ever get a ring in Portland? That's the question. Probably not.
2: Exactly. Realistically, probably not. Mm -hmm. But hey, sometimes great players make great things happen. And you've been playing
0: basketball all your life, correct? Yep, absolutely. What do you think, what do you enjoy more? Playing basketball on a team and being part of a, a team or making music with a group of people that you are really close with bro why you gonna do that to me why you gonna hit me with that <laughs> question bro both
2: things that i truly love to do being a part of a team or making music i'm a <clears throat> i'm sorry hoop but i'm gonna probably have to choose the music bro the music yeah mm. music is just too priceless you feel me it's soulful it's spiritual it's i was telling somebody this the other day like we can still feel Pac, we can still feel biggie when we hear juicy yeah i was listening to nip on my way here like you feel me it's like his spirit is still here even though he like not here no more god rest his god rest their souls Mm -hmm. but that's how i look at
0: music like the stream of it bro is just is so powerful so you're, you're 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 saying your legacy in music will last longer than your legacy like in basketball a hundred percent. Yes, that's okay. factual. I can mean, I, I see that. Music is, I think, is more powerful. I think music is the most powerful form of uh, creative creation because it lasts forever. And, like, music can make you kill somebody. You can hear a song and make you go out there and kill someone. It can, it can make you Facts. love someone. It can Facts. make you cry. Facts. Like, it can bring out so many emotions and I think that's why it it can stop wars. It can bring racist people together. Yeah. And I think that's why uh, music artists, when they become big enough, that's why they get paid so much because music is important in the world. Period, bro. It's um like
2: like like what you just said. It goes back to it being spiritual. It's soulful. When you hear music, it penetrates this. It mm. penetrates the skin. You mm-hmm. don't feel music here. You feel music in places here. It goes deeper. Mm-hmm. When I played "Say Less" for my little brother, he said, "Brother, lyrics almost made me cry." That's not from this. Yeah, it touched somewhere in here. It touched mm-hmm. somewhere in here. So,
0: well, let's talk. Let's talk about "Say Less." Um, like explain, explain the story behind it. Okay, so I actually wrote "Say Less." three years ago mm-hmm.
2: um, and forgot that I did like a little rough draft in my cell phone. So I, I re-recorded it like a month ago. I had a studio session. I was trying to find some songs to record and I found that shit in my phone. I was like, holy shit, let me re-record this. And I think the little backstory behind that is just, again, me becoming older and learning to accept what I grew up around. Cause a lot of what I grew up around was kind of so bad. Like I put the memories in the back of my head. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Something like disassociation. So a lot of my like childhood is a blur. I don't remember none of it. So um, say less is just like a chance for me to like capture those memories and those feelings mm-hmm. and just like bring them back to life. That's kind of what say less was.
0: Was it uh
2: hard to write? Mm-mm. No. Nah, remember the writing part, that's, that's, that's the priceless part for me. Mm. That's, that part be like healing.
0: I literally be writing songs, bro, and it feel like I be floating. I swear to God. Is writing songs and music, uh, like a form of therapy for you? Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. So you talked about, uh, when you went to Mississippi and that's when you, started to see black people doing good basically um when you came back from mississippi and obviously you came back to oakland why do you well what do you think people should start doing because i mean i don't know if you saw this clip uh i don't know if you know who don lemon is he's like this uh gay news anchor on cnn right and there's a clip about him talking about black people saying what we need to do to like to uplift us basically and he he said you can do three simple things and then life our lives will be better he said well first he said black people need to stop sagging their pants <laughs> second he was like just take care of uh of be have pride in your community. Basically, like, stop throwing trash on the ground. Like, just take pride in where you live. And then, third, uh, what was third? Third, I think he was, it was like something simple as to, like, just like when you walk by a black person, just say hi. Like, three simple things that don't really cost money or don't really take a uh, legislative fucking meetings to, to accomplish, and I, I actually kind of agree with him. <laughs> on all three? Well, I don't think those are three. I don't think, oh, I agree on those three, but I don't think they should be the top three. I, I agree that, I mean, black people, we should, because we should take pride and more pride in our fucking backyards, you know what I'm saying? If you go to, if you go to North Oakland is different from mm-hmm. East Oakland, mm-hmm. why is that? Now, you can say North Oakland has a lot more other people, and East Oakland has a lot less other people. Mm. And when you go to East Oakland, I mean, it's bad to say, but it's a shitty place. Trash on the ground, buildings, abandoned buildings. There's no, like, stores and shit. Abandoned cars everywhere. But you go to other parts of Oakland, I mean... I mean, you can still find that, but you won't find it in abu- as much of abundance as in East Oakland, right? Uh-huh. And if more black people... It's nothing but us in East Oakland. But if we care, if we get together and be like, yo, you know what? Let's fucking start doing right and just, we can change this. Mm-hmm. Right. So I agree with that. And then the sagging the pants part, I mean, that's a stupid thing to say, but <sighs> sagging pants ain't going to change values. But I mean niggas do look ridiculous with their pants hanging all the way down and they draws showing. I used to sag my pants when I was young down to my knees we aren't the only ones sagging I know that but still sagging in general looks stupid to me Yeah, cause I'm old I give you that but I used to sag I used to sag too when I was young but if we gonna say that we gotta take away
2: sagging in a sense what you're saying is we have to look a certain way yeah which is not cool because I already feel like as a black man, bro, like I have to like, what's what's the word I'm trying to look for? I have to defend myself mm. every day.
0: Against everything.
2: Against everything. Mm. You feel me? Like, even though I'm graduated and I'm educated and I'm even teaching. Yeah. Bro, when people see me on the streets, what do you think they see me as? I'm still a nigga. Yeah, of course. Period, bro. That's what I'm saying. Whether my pants are sagging, whether my pants are pulled
0: up, i still gonna be a nigga. Let me let me ask you this: when you when you go to work on your teaching job, do you dress the same as when you when you're like, I dress like going this. out? I dress
2: like this. That's what you you wear that type of like shit. <laughs> and my class currently has the second highest test scores in our
0: whole department. Well, what about when you go on a job interview? Would you dress like that? There's nothing wrong with the way you dress, but I'm saying there's a reason why we dress differently at a, a job, job interview. interview.
2: of course, this is kind of like loud. I would dumb it down just a little bit with maybe a shirt. Mm-hmm. I would keep the same jeans, same shoes, maybe just throwing a button up shirt and no hat.
0: But the point is you would change your appearance to try to look more. Not more what?
2: Not completely.
0: But why would you wear a button up shirt? I mean, it depends on the job. (laughs) No, but what's the reason you will wear a button-up shirt? What's the true reason you will wear a button-up shirt? Because of how it looks to the person who's doing the interview. Because in life, even though it is wrong, perception is a reality, right? Facts. So, I don't give a fuck if you're black, white, Mexican. If you're walking down the street in the middle of the night, right? And if you see a bunch of white boys, right, like five white boys, coming towards you with hoods, looking crazy, you'll be like, "All right, you wouldn't be, you probably won't be scared," but you'll be like, "All right, let me let me get my antennas up." No, okay, something pop up. I'm trying to make. No, most people would not.
2: Shh. That's that's the point that I'm trying to make. You have that same scenario: five white boys in the hoodie walking down the street. Whoever's that person is walking past them. I guarantee you, they will feel safer walking down that street because of the, obviously the outside opinion. But what
0: if you're walking down the street in Mississippi, in the middle of the night, and you see five white boys coming towards you that's, in Mississippi? That's different because of the exactly, context of nigga. Being that's what I'm saying. Mississippi. Mississippi, exactly. Like,
1: come on, bro. Exactly. Now I got to fight for my life. I'm in survival. That's mode. what I'm saying. Yes.
2: So okay.
0: So, but if a white guy was in Oakland. Walking down the street, and he saw f- five niggas. It's the same shit.
2: I think it depends on the context, like how you say in Mississippi, yeah. in Oakland. It depends on the context behind it. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Now, if you were walking in Maine or some shit, yeah, I don't give a fuck who you are. You wouldn't care nothing. Or Utah, because Utah and Maine is not like- So it depends on the context. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the
2: second one, I would say the second one of taking pride in the community- that one does not happen without the third one, and mm-hmm. the third one was the one that I agree—the the only one I agreed with—which mm-hmm. is us walking past each other.
0: Well, these I, are not my examples, nigga. No, no, no. These no, are, no, these no, are Don Lennon's. I got you. I'm just, I'm just—you feel me—commenting on them.
2: Yeah. Um, that's that should be one of the highest priority, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't even know each other, but yet we mugging. Exactly. And if you want to take it like that deep, bro, we all related. Hmm. We all was pulled here from the motherland, so technically mm-hmm. we, we all share the same bloodline somehow. So when you mugging me, technically you mugging your brother mm-hmm. or your cousin or your sister. So I think the third one that he said should be one of the first ones that we should do to like actually like you you know what I mean like to change or uplift the black community, bro. Like everybody else in the what? world already want to
0: see us uh, fail. Why do you think it's so hard for for black people to do s- s- simple shit like say what's up when they pass you by? It's in the genes. It's in
2: your DNA. It's rooted in you. Mm. A lot of people don't want to talk about it but it goes back to the history of slavery. Mm. When you see the The house nigga being treated better than the field nigga that when you see that, when you see I'm darker skin when you in the field, Mm -hmm. but you see the lighter one being treated better because they have lighter skin that creates hate and tension. That shit stays in your blood and it stays in your DNA. Mm -hmm. So that's what we currently dealing with today is that we have never recovered from what really happened when they split everything apart when when they brought us here, bro. Mm -hmm. That's where it comes from. For sure.
0: Yeah, I think um yeah, that's where it comes from. And I also think it's it, nowadays it flipped in reverse. Because I think if you're light skinned, you get shamed more now. Like light skinned people wanna be dark. And back in the day it was dark people who who were envious of light skin. But you see how it's still a battle? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's still a battle, yeah. It shouldn't be no battle, bro. Mm mm-hmm. We are still the same underneath the skin. Mm-hmm period um when you make music do you work with a specific producer
2: or like do you have like a little group i'm still struggling with that Mm -hmm. so if anybody could send me beats like please do that i need a consistent beat maker um a lot of it was hard at first but with the stuff i got coming out now i found this website called track pros Mm -hmm. and track pros they let you like listen to the beats like before you buy them Mm -hmm. so you can like listen to them you can vibe with it and shit like that and that's what I do and then like if I create a song to one then I go ahead and just buy the beat Mm. so that's kind of what I've been doing now but I would love to like have somebody create my beats from scratch I just ain't got there yet.
0: On track pros, do you own the beat when you buy it, or you just lease it? Um, they have different options.
2: You can okay. get the MP3 file. You can get the track files. You can get the exclusive rights. Mm-hmm. So it depends
0: on which one you want. I just get the bare minimum for now. So you don't have anyone that you've done multiple, like worked with multiple times? No, no not yet. Okay. Okay. I want to get there. On, that, uh, on the song, The Come Up, who did you shout do that to? My shout out to my bro J Pro. That's the that's the guy on the song with you.
2: Yep. Okay. Man, How did yeah, that come? Man, up? College Alameda. We was on a basketball team together. Shout out to my guy.
0: Mm. So you guys know each other from the basketball team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Stay. Did you did you know he was a uh, an artist too?
2: Over the years, we uh, we stayed in contact and we talked about it over the years. So mm. yeah, we've both been supporting each other.
0: How did that song that collaboration come about? <sighs> So he sent me the song maybe about a month ago, asked me
2: to get on it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of just bullshitting around
0: doing other shit in life. And he, <laughs> me,
2: and he sent me a text. He was like, It
0: seems like you need motivation <laughs> to get to do everything. Bro, my
2: teaching, hooping, okay, and music, yeah, yeah. sometimes you get caught up doing so much. I understand. You know? Mm-hmm. Plus, just trying to be all man, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. But. Um, he hit me recently and was like, hey, are you going to do the verse? If not, I got other artists who can do it. Like, let me know. And when he said that, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, all right, bruh. Give me about two days. Mm-hmm. And that's when I sat down and like wrote the verse for him and put that shit together.
0: Is, is that the first and only song you guys ever did together? We did some shit like five years ago, mm-hmm. but
2: I don't really count that because we both were still babies and didn't know what we was doing. Mm-hmm. So this is like our first like exclusive one for sure.
0: is music what you wanna pursue as like a dream like do you wanna I know man, you play basketball as well, but is music the thing that you are pursuing in life um it's it's one of the-
2: ad- avenues mm. under my brand um mm. pushing my my entire brand is is, is the goal. Mm. and and under that of course i have the music um you know what i'm saying i have dreams of like doing a show with like a hundred thousand people you know what i'm saying i, I do want to do tours um but I also do want to play in the basketball game where there's hella people in the stands you know what i'm saying i still got goals mm. but the whole brand itself is um what's gonna push everything which is called legendary kings
0: uh, so explain the brand legendary is it what it's
2: clothing What. It's everything, bro. Mm -hmm. It's everything. Legendary Kings is basically, it is what it is, legendary. Everybody has a legacy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it's poetry, R&B, singing, fashion, wrestling, cooking, Mm -hmm. everybody has some type of gift, and that's your legacy. Of course, kings goes back to what we was before our ancestors, I mean, before our oppressors came over here and tore apart our culture. We was kings and queens. Mm -hmm. So, legendary king just means like, keeping alive your legacy of your gift that you was given because everybody has a gift Mm. and the foundation of it is family. Okay. Family. When did you
0: launch that? Still in the works. Still in the works. Still in the works. works. Okay. Yes. Where do you see, where do you see and where do you, where do you want the brand, the music to go? Like, where do you see it? And like, I don't know, five, five. Give me give me a short-term goal, which is within five years, and then give me a long-term goal where you want to see the brand and the music and everything in the next, like, 10 or 15. I would say a short-term goal would be actually getting it off the
2: ground, pushing it and putting it out there and have people supporting it. That would be a short-term goal. The long-term goal would be once it's established, I'm helping other people push their careers and their dreams further than what they thought they can do mm. that's the that's the basis of legendary kings it's for the community bro it's to give other people what they need to succeed because i know what it's like to be like an artist who doesn't have a studio mm. or doesn't have a place for you to to, to be creative so legendary kings i want to be able to provide people everything that they need to get the most out of their gift, I would say that would be the learn term goal to help other people.
0: What is stopping you from doing that?
2: Time. I would say time. Time?
0: Time. Getting older,
2: I'm 32 now. <laughs> Shit, and I'm juggling a lot right now, which is not a bad thing. It's a mm-hmm. blessing. So I would just say time and just being patient. That's it.
0: And how are you going to... You said time is stopping you. So how, how are you going to jump over that hurdle? Um, it's this cliche
2: thing that I've been telling myself. I've maxed out on my growth. I'm doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. They say nobody becomes success on their own. So for me to like to answer your question, for me to, to reach what I'm trying to get, I have to start having better relationships with other people around me. That, okay. that would be the next step for sure. I'm a lone wolf, bro. Mm. But I can't be a lone wolf no more. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. The play getting
0: too big. All right. So you know where you want to go. You know how to get there. You know what's stopping you. And you know what you got to do to get over that hurdle. So the next step is just to get it done, basically.
2: Literally. Like Nike is just to do it.
0: So where can people find and hear your music and tap in with you? If you want to, like, yeah, tell me, uh, if you want to give out your socials, like, where, okay. can we, where can we learn more about you?
2: Um, music is on all streams. So Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, whatever you use, just type in D from Oakland, D-E-E from oakland no spaces and um i'm not really a big social media guy but y'all can follow me on instagram i don't do twitter or really tiktok but instagram at d from oakland D E E from oakland no spaces that's where y'all can find me at
0: you got you have a youtube where you're like videos and shit on yep all my music
2: videos is on my youtube page which is also d from oakland okay
0: do you have any, what's up? What's, what's next for you? What's upcoming? What are you working on? Hmm. That's a great question, bro. I'm actually excited to answer that one. Um, I got four projects
2: coming mm-hmm. out this year. Um, the first one is going to be dropping at the end of next month. At the end of next month, I'll be giving, um, I'll be dropping an EP. It's kind of like a Nipsey hustle tribute type of theme behind it.
0: Mm. Okay. All EPs.
2: All EPs, maybe one mixtape. Maybe one mixtape.
0: When I just put all that music together and just put it out as an album?
2: I'll never make an album, bro, mm. until I'm, like, really doing that shit. Okay. What I mean, but, like, all my shit is created, like, in a car, bro. I'm not going to even lie. <laughs> bro, my car is where I create right now. Yeah. But, like, once I'm around people who know what they are doing and I feel like I know what I'm doing... Mm. I will never put out an album until I know what I'm doing. So when you say create, you're, you're, you're just talking about like you write all
0: your music in the car. I
2: write, not- I write in my car. I record rough drafts on my laptop in my car. Okay. So all the creativity happens in my car before I ha- hit the big studio. Okay. Did
0: you, give your, <clears throat> did you give out your email in case some producers want to tap in? D from Oakland at <laughs> gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, well, D from Oakland, I I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was was great learning about you. Everyone, go out there, stream his music, D from Oakland, follow him on YouTube, check out his music, uh, Instagram, all that shit. Um, Any last words you want to say? I would just say um, shout out to Everyday
2: Celebrity Podcast, hosted by my guy, Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. thank you for the opportunity, bruh. I'm very honored. This was my first interview, bro. You handle, so, you handle well. Thank you. Thank you, brother. But I'm honored to conduct my first interview with you. So huge shout outs oh, yeah. to Everyday Celebrity Podcast.
0: I like that because when, when you, when you get big, I'm gonna be like, I interviewed that nigga first. Started right here <laughs> with my nigga Jay. So this is Everyday Celebrity Podcast and we're going to play. Another song, this is called The Come Up. Do you want to introduce it for us? So, this is
2: The Come Up 2, because he has one on his album. This is my guy, J-Pro, featuring me, D from Oakland, The Come Up 2. This is
0: Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. You Yee!
1: Thousand plays last month, but it's nothing They like me in the bait
0: and i in hella other countries Pushing the message like you can make it without hustling Been speaking all time except since I was the youngest People who was hating it's starting to show
1: love again this love is artificial It's making me uncomfortable Yeah I've been official I've been fit through production Impact the planet trying to save it from destruction Started with a dream and I turned it into some. Try not to turn a Phoenix rap culture full of drugs Down a path of lust and I lost a lot of love What's I hold to a queen in the scheme of what I want Ways to succeed I can see but I don't Yeah the boy got grip, but I need a lot more That's the difference between these kids and adults Yeah I need the motivation just to give me that joke Never let go when it's sweet it's my soul in the street and I need you to call. 25 down when I need you the most they don't come around till she leaving to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get them up off me. I'm just on my. We going break off in the city like so We go take off to a city I like. What you say when you got a real life come up? Everything paid. Gotta hit that one up. Like one when you get that 150 on top. Never yeah. take that from us. That yeah. Hey, it's D from Oakland, what you smoking? Started from the bottom, I done made it out of Oakland. I gotta talk that real. Mm -hmm. I studied the greats like Nip, who kept it real. Looking at the city from my living room. Yeah, bossed up, this a God's view. Chilling with some kings and I'm coming for the throne. Never been a dog, still let a nigga bone. Dreams on my mind, nigga, I'm one of a kind. Goals on my mind, I promise to make a mine. Tats on my body. Shorty and a shoddy mm-hmm. It's the way she move It ain't even about her body no. Got scars and I'm battle-tested Everything in my life I done manifested Yeah Positivity Over niggas who enemies My enemy coming Nigga looking just for my inner peace Woo! Smoke papers and I dry scrapers Sitting at the top of the city Like skyscrapers I ain't have a dollar uh-uh. Still pop my collar yep. Nine on my back Like Dollar. Ayy, hey, No chains but I still shine, I still shine. Everything I-, I-, I ever wanted bro I made it mine, made it mine. Yeah I ain't did no crime, mm-hmm. pay my dues, I ain't doing no time, what's up?